Good morning, and welcome to Help Yourself by Helping Others, the podcast presented by Pay It Forward. Today, our topic is understanding happiness, and I am joined by Pay It Forward's Mitchell Morton and by Alan Hoy. Welcome. Good morning. Okay, so as you can see, the person on this first slide looks very happy, and hopefully you all are too. So let's delve into understanding happiness. On our first slide, this will be our agenda or our table of contents for today. We will discuss the definition of happiness, deriving and cultivating happiness, the brain and happiness, neurotransmitters, positive psychology, happiness and money, unhappiness versus depression, happiness and social connections, traits of happy people, and happiness apps. So we're going to get started with our next slide regarding the definition of happiness. Alan, how would you define happiness? Well, happiness is a subjective and complex emotion that is difficult to define precisely. So I guess everybody has their own way to define whether they're happy or not happy. And it's important to note that happiness is not a constant state because you might be happy now, but then something happened and then later on today you'll be unhappy. So um, once you understand, then hopefully you can change how you look at the world mm -hmm. uh, and make yourself uh, happier. Um, yeah. And I, happiness is deeply personal. How about you, Mitchell? Yeah, you know, I, I think that it's a, it's a type of energy that becomes an emotion. Um, so like Alan said, it's subjective and it could be just, you know, a moment here and there, or it can be a total state, all depending on your mindset. Right. Right. Okay. So our next slide on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you? There are no right or wrong answers. And as Mitchell said, you know, you, you fluctuate sometimes, you know, an event can happen that makes you unhappy. And then, you know, you recover, you find ways to get over what it was. And as we said, it's a journey, not a destination. So it takes time and effort to cultivate happiness. And you have to find ways and strategies to find what works for you to create a fulfilling and happy life. So as we move on, here are general strategies that can contribute to cultivating happiness. Alan, would you like to kick us off? Yeah, basically, uh, you just have to have positive outlook in the old days, I think, or even now, there's a thing when you look at the glass, there's 50%. <laughs> One person look at it uh, half full, so that's a good news. Another person look at the same glass as I always half empty. Yes. Um, again, um, once you understand, then there's no absolute. So you can have the same situation. Maybe some people will look at it in one way. Some people will look at other way. Then mm -hmm. once you understand, because there's some psychology, some chemistry inside your brain that once you know how to do it, you can trigger, you know, either the good side, the bad side or the happy side, the sad side. Yes, absolutely. Positive mindset is, a, you know, a really important factor in cultivating happiness, as are some of the other items shown here. You know, having strong social connections is really, really important. I think nurturing those relationships with family and friends is very important and engaging in things you like. And, and how about self-care? Mitchell, uh, are, are you a type of person who um, practices self-care? Do you meditate or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think self-care is extremely important for one's happiness because the lack of care in terms of your body will send signals to you to tell you that you're not happy because your body is not happy. Right. Um, so things like you said, meditation, eating right, being active, um, making sure your body has the, the correct amount of vitamins and minerals and such, um, and especially getting enough sleep. Um, make sure you're well rested can affect your happiness. So that might be a big factor um, if you're not feeling. Absolutely. 
And then we have a few other strategies that can contribute to cultivating happiness. Um, and one that, you know, we uh, from Pay It Forward <laughs> think is very important, and that is helping others. I mean, the name of this podcast is Help Yourself by Helping Others, and we hope we're doing that by putting on these podcasts that we are helping you and our audience. So eight, engaging in acts of kindness and volunteering, you know, really can give you a sense of fulfillment and connection. Uh, how about some of the other things on the uh, slide here, Alan? Yeah, actually, when I was a young uh, person, we were told uh, by the teachers that every day you should at least do one good thing. Hmm. Uh, even the Boy Scout in the old days, they teach you to help somebody at a very young age. Just just do something random. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if they still teach that or not, but I think um, usually I notice the person who give the help is happier than the person who received the help. Mm. So for example, let's say if you give a scoop of ice cream to someone that you don't know, I think in my thinking, uh, I'll be happier than the person that is receiving ice cream. Mm -hmm. So I think that might be just um, how the brain reacts, you know, when you do some kindness. I agree. I mean, I, I feel that way with gifts. I'm always happier when I'm giving a gift than when I'm receiving a gift. I get excited, you know, for, for the person I'm giving it to and hope they like it. And it gives me great joy if they're pleased with, what, you know, the gift I've given them. So I, I would agree with that. And then we have other things about setting goals and living in the present and resilience. Uh, Mitchell, uh, would you agree that when you do have a setback and you overcome it, uh, that's really important. You can't let it drag you down, right? Oh, of course. Um, I, I think just learning that um, overcoming challenges in life uh, will give you confidence when mm -hmm. you have more obstacles. Uh, you can get past different fears and different things that can uh, cause you to be unhappy. Mm -hmm. um, but I think going along with that, living in the present, you know, living in the moment is uh is a good way to get through that because you know if you're worried about the past or you're worried about the future uh those two realities aren't really real um one's broken memories the other one's your imagination so just being in the moment can help you think clear and enjoy life a little bit better i would certainly agree with that okay and then if, uh we've just touched on this a little bit, but the brain plays a big part in your happiness uh, because we have things called neurotransmitters and uh, neuroscientists have uh, conducted a lot of research on how the brain uh, is involved in happiness and positive emotions. I mean, it's part of a larger puzzle, but it does play a role and, you know, it's probably not fully understood, but there are, you know, key areas and mechanisms that have been identified. You know, our reward circus circuitry, you know, uh, when we engage in things that bring us pleasure or uh, a reward, um, those uh, neurotransmitters get activated and they can act like things like dopamine can contribute to feelings of happiness and well-being. And our prefrontal cortex um, is associated with positive emotions. So the higher activity in this area can lead to well-being. So the brain does play a part in our happiness. And here are some other uh, areas. Uh, serotonin, another transmitter, is uh, known to play a role in mood regulation. Um, and the amygdala is involved in processing emotions. So the brain is a big part of why we feel uh, happy emotions, positive emotions. Um, it can also be why we experience depression on the flip side. So there is still a lot of research uh, that goes on uh, in, dis in figuring out how the brain is involved in our happiness. And um, one of the big ones is neuro, uh, the neurotransmitter serotonin. Uh, as we mentioned in the past slide, it, it plays a key role in our mood regulation. But sometimes there are imbalances and that can create two mood disorders and the cause of these imbalances uh, can be a variety of factors um alan do you want to touch on a few of the factors that can cause these imbalances in serotonin 
yes uh basically i through the years i've I have some friends that have some medical situations or genetic situations that cause them to be kind of not happy or not normal most of the time. And some of it, I think the doctor like uh, diagnosed them as depression, but mm -hmm. depression, like Sherry was saying, is just the opposite of happiness. That means uh, your brain is not satisfied with whatever the brain is thinking. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it could be genetic, like I said. Uh, some people are born, unfortunately, with certain chemicals or whatever in the system or the brain. But mm -hmm. the good news is you can overcome uh, the genetics, you know, by maybe seeing like a therapist or understanding what uh, what's happening with your genes or um, how can you like. Um, take advantage of certain part of the brain and not and ignore certain part. And then there's also environmental factors. So for example, let's say if you are in a very stinky environment and very noisy and very un unpleasant environment, then obviously you won't be happy because you don't want to live in, in a situation like that. But again, you can build something to screen off the noise you can that them things that you can do so for mm -hmm. example if there's toxic stuff around you maybe you have to think about detox you know whatever chemical or fumes that might cause you uh the brain to to be stressed and so forth but again seeing a uh reputable functional doctor can find out whether the environmental factor affect you either currently or maybe even 10 20 30 years ago that might cause the brain to be slightly out of balance mm. and sometimes if you're lucky you can reverse it but even if you cannot reverse it there are medication or there are some other way that you can overcome the damage caused by environmental factors mm -hmm. And I would also say, I mean, as a woman, uh, the last point here, hormonal changes. I mean, uh, it's amazing. You know, they call it the change for a reason, <laughs> because it is amazing, you know, what that lack of estrogen can do to your body and your mind and your, you know, mood and everything else. So uh, that's a big part of it. I know so many women my age who are on usually an ant, uh, uh, a mild antidepressant because that loss of that chemical uh, really does affect your serotonin levels. So, and there are other factors too, uh, as Alan mentioned, you know, medications, you know, certain things you take um, affect the, the, the level in your brain. And so antidepressants can work for that also. And uh, diet and nutrition, we always come back to that, right? <laughs> You know, I think that's just the caveat for living well today is, you know, eating healthy and uh, getting exercise and, you know, vitamins and minerals can help. We uh, have a previous podcast on uh, supplements and we would encourage our audience to uh, take a look at that uh, podcast and learn more about the supplements. And so there are two neurotransmitters that most people have heard of, uh, serotonin and dopamine, and but they are different. Uh, Mitchell, do you want to take a stab at uh, <laughs> explaining the difference? <laughs> sure. Um, you know, I think serotonin, you know, when you look at that, it's, uh, its main job is to help um, the brain tell the body, you know, what to do in terms of moods. Um, and dopamine is something where it it tells the body and responds to something that gives pleasure. Mm -hmm. uh, just to make it simple. Right. That's a good uh, way to put it. So serotonin uh, as a neurotransmitter, uh, it, you know, it affects your mood. Um, it's uh, telling the body, oh, this feels good, but I've had enough. So uh, it affects your appetite, perception, sexuality, stress responses, whereas dopamine uh, is also a neurotransmitter, but 
it is really establishing reward uh, pathways. So uh, eating a chocolate bar gives you pleasure <laughs> and releases dopamine. So uh, they are different, but both um, affect, uh, you know, your mood. So moving on, uh, we also have endorphins. Uh, we've all, I think, heard of those as well, and they can play a role in promoting happiness and well-being uh, through their effects on the brain and body. And they're natural chemicals. Um, they are part of the body's natural pain relieving uh, system and pleasure enhancing. So, um, you know, outside stimuli, you know, can produce endorphins, you know, um, be it exercise, just laughing. You always hear laughter is the best medicine, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So there you go. Uh, try to engage in happy activities, things that give you pleasure and even food, like we just said, chocolate. Chocolate makes me happy. Um, so it will uh, engage uh, endorphin release and promote it. Um, so endorphins can affect happiness by doing the things listed on those bullet points. Um, and it give you a better quality of life. So again, I would say exercise is a great way to, um, you know, get those endorphins working. <laughs> okay, so our next slide is the science of happiness and positive psychology. And as we mentioned before, um, neuroscientists are studying the brain, but there are also uh, psychologists who study and focus on the understanding of the factors that contribute to well-being and happiness. And they use different methods. I mean, just simple things like surveys and experiments and some brain imaging, but they're trying to understand the underlying mechanisms of happiness. So... Um, there are some scientific uh, inquiries that contribute to the understanding of happiness. So there's subjective well-being, which is just a broad concept. Um, they use like self-reporting measures uh, for people to say how they're doing and why they're doing uh, uh, things that make them happy. And then, as Alan mentioned, genetics and biology can also affect um, your happiness. And genetic variations can account for uh, different levels. I think I've mentioned to you both, I have on my maternal side of my family, a lot of depression uh, among the women in my family. So um, I think it really does play a part. And so uh, studying that and maybe figuring out what can be done to um, break that cycle uh, would be really a great thing. And then there are other science of happiness or positive psychology, uh, things that they are studying. Um, uh, Alan, can you touch on this a little bit, uh, the things on this slide? Yes, definitely. Um, uh, the science or the psychology behind happiness, it can be uh, positive emotions, can be relationships and social connections, and also, uh, how do you practice um, mindfulness and reduce stress? Uh, so the, the, as the slide said, um, happiness just don't happen um, coincidence. You, you have to um, look for it or at, at least appreciate things mm. and, and then have some kind of feedback system. So this way you can have more happiness than uh, than sadness. Unfortunately, life is not 100% happy because every day there's challenges. It could be rain, it could be other external factors that we have no control of. So we just take the best uh, use of every day. Hopefully you have more situations of happiness than unhappiness. Yes. And I mean, you know, although we're saying, you know, it's a science and a study of happiness and um, really a lot of it is kind of common sense. You know, um, we know that if uh, we have good interpersonal relationships, if our marriage is going well, you know, if our job is going well, um, if we're getting exercise and, and doing things we love to do, we're, we're going to be happier. Uh, so a lot of it is kind of, you know, common sense, but it's just taking the time to recognize it and taking the time for yourself to practice these things, because that's often what 
uh, brings us down. We don't take the time to pick up the phone and call someone, go out to dinner with a friend, uh, go play tennis, uh, whatever it is that gives you joy, you know, do a painting, keep a journal, you know, meditate. You know, we just need to take the time for ourselves uh, and practice these common sense recommendations that these scientists have talked about. Uh, moving on, happiness and money. Uh -huh. We've all heard you can't, money can't buy happiness, but I think it goes a long way to helping. <laughs> uh, Mitchell, what's your take on happiness and money? <laughs> well, you know, there definitely is a limit. Um, but in terms of uh, the basic needs and security, um, the thing that people need to have the, the foundation of happiness, obviously Monday will, money will help you yes. um, have that. Um, beyond that, you know, you have the experiences. Um, so, you know, you, there's a certain tier you can get to where money can buy you happiness, uh, but there's always a limit. Yes, for sure. I mean, we're not, you know, as we said, the, the first bullet point, if it's, we're talking about basic needs and security, you know, yes, money's going to buy you, be it if you want to call it happiness or security, whatever you want to call it, that that's important. And money plays a big factor. I mean, if you don't have money for their basic needs, you know, you're going to be stressed. You're going to be worried, uh, especially if you have a family. So we're not talking really about basic needs and security. That can certainly, having money is going to go a long way to giving you uh, that kind of happiness, uh, material possessions. That's a whole nother, you know, uh, animal. Um, often those give you just temporary pleasure, you know, until you're on to the next great thing or keeping up with the Joneses as they say, but experiences, I think, um, that's a whole different uh, animal. And I think more young people today, I know with a lot of my friends, uh, their gift giving has changed. Um, so before maybe they buy mom and dad, you know, sweaters for the holidays. Now they're buying them tickets, you know, to a show or to an archeological dig. Um, I feel like younger people are now, uh, finding happiness comes from experiences and doing things and not just, a, you know, a new purse. So I think that's a trend that's that's going in the right direction, because um, I think that's awesome versus, I mean, you know, a sweater, yeah, you put it in your closet, maybe you forget about it, maybe you don't even like it, but an experience, you're likely not to forget. Mm. So other ways <coughs> that happiness and money uh, are some other issues that we can address, like an inequality and life satisfaction, Alan. What about what's your your thoughts on happiness and money? Uh, in the United States or in most of the uh, the first world country, actually, you don't need a lot of money to be to have basic needs because there's uh, social systems uh, to protect you, like unemployment insurance or other food banks. So getting lots of money may not be the ticket to get uh, the happiness if it is survival or the basic needs. And actually, to the contrary, what I notice is a lot of billionaires, a lot of wealthy people, they have nothing to look forward to because let's say if they're born rich, then they have all the basic needs. You know, they have the food, the shelter, and now they might be lonely. They might, uh, like Sherry saying, if you get a $500 pair of shoes, then you might be happy for one minute mm. and you just forget about it because you, you don't try to look for something that is that you need to work hard to, to attain. Um, so we just have to understand money does help, but that's not 100% of it. Right. And I think it does, uh, I think, Mitchell, you touched on this too. There's a certain threshold, you know, I mean, what's next? I mean, you know, so people, especially super rich, I mean, when does it, when does it stop? Where does it, you know, that line drawn? 
There's actually a limit where your time um, becomes more valuable um, than relationships um, to mm -hmm. where all your relationship problems uh, can be solved with your money. It just makes more sense mathematically. And when you start losing those relationships, your happiness starts to go away. Mm -hmm. um, so that is a limit. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, at some point, enough is enough. It's all about, you know, material things when, and you're losing your sense of personal fulfillment. Um, so yes, I think you're right. But, you know, obviously there are benefits to having money. You know, you can have greater freedom and flexibility, you know, more control of your life. Um, but basically I think happiness is more influenced by, you know, your values and priorities. What makes you happy Mitchell or you Alan or myself, you know, they can be very different. And, um, you know, while money can contribute to, um, being able to attain certain things, be it experiences or even possessions, you know, it's different for everybody. So, but I think the key is, um, you know, finding what makes you happy and um, taking the time to do those things. Yeah, overall, in my own experience, uh, being outdoor generally make me happier. Mm. Because I, I respond, or at least my personal brain, respond to outdoor, like the sun or the water or any kind of uh, fire. Mm. So my suggestion is if something bothers you, just walk outside. You, you'll be amazed. It might, it might, might uh, lower your uh, desire on the unhappiness and then switch to happiness. I think that's a great suggestion because I agree. You know, whether it's sitting on a bench and staring at a lake or taking a walk and admiring the trees and the birds, um, I really do think it, it, you, you feel an uptake in your uh, pleasure. And I, I agree with you. I, I, I'll go to a restaurant to eat that's on the water. The food might be terrible. I don't care. It's about the atmosphere and being to, you know, looking at the water and the vastness of the ocean. I, you know, that just that I agree. That gives me a lot of pleasure as well. Uh, so what is the difference between unhappiness and depression? Because they are very distinct. They are not the same thing. Uh, they can both be negative emotions, but there are very important differences. Um, Alan, do you want to uh, tackle unhappiness? Yes. Uh, unhappiness generally is the external situation. For example, like um, somebody just uh, ruined your car or something, then obviously you're not happy because you need to go, go to the insurance company and all that. But depression, I think, is some kind of chemical situation inside your brain. And that can be, it can change uh, by medication, or maybe you can do meditation or maybe other things. Uh, so in every day, unfortunately, you might have situations that are unhappiness. Let's say if the, you, you buy IBM stock and the stock just go down, then obviously you'll be unhappy. But then if it go up again, then you'll be happy. But <laughs> depression is more deeper into the brain. So you just yeah. have to maybe study more about your personal situation or maybe engage in some medical or psycho psychiatric or other evaluation if, if you're constantly depressed. Mm -hmm. Mitchell, do you have any thoughts on unhappiness and depression? Um, well, yeah, just people should be aware there's one you can control and one that you can't. Um, like, like I was saying, unhappiness is a natural part of life. Um, but that ongoing state of mind uh, is a mental health disorder and you should seek some type of um, treatment. Absolutely. Yes, they are very distinct. Unhappiness is typically temporary. You know, it's more about dissatisfaction, you know, a temporary sadness about a particular event. And we're, it's all it's. It's everybody experiences it. It's just, you know, the ups and downs of life. But depression, you know, is a clinical mental health disorder and it should be treated as such. You know, you hear people always say, oh, snap out of it or, you know, wake up and, you know, you have a great life. It doesn't they could have what seemingly looks like a really good life. 
but you don't know what their brain is telling them. And it's not something that they typically can overcome on their own. So um, it should be taken seriously if it's, you know, lasting a long time. Um, it is, you know, and it, if it interferes with their daily functioning, um, their quality of life, and there are things that can be done, um, you know, really seeking a mental health professional for, a, you know, a proper evaluation and diagnosis is really important so they can guide you, you know, to making your life uh, happier and hopefully put that depression, you know, in the back of your mind. But it is important to get medical help. Um, as I said, I have a, a lot of experience with depression on my mother's side. And, you know, I can tell you that it required, you know, the help of a mental health professional to give her a better quality of life. So moving on, unhappy. If someone's not happy, what do you do? Um, you know, there are steps that can be taken to improve well-being and work towards a happier state. Um, Alan, do you want to kick us off here? I mean, we've kind of touched on some of these a little bit, but. Oh, yeah. Let's say if you're unhappy, instead of complaining, maybe you can find out what what recently happened or what, what can mm -hmm. cause the unhappiness. And then there are certain things that you can um, either lower the unhappiness or uh, maybe find another happy moment, maybe go to the cabinet, get some candy or chocolate <laughs> or ice cream. So that might overcome or forget about whatever happened. Um, and then if you cannot do it by yourself, then obviously you have to reach out to friends. Maybe you can ask them something happened that made me unhappy and explain it. And your friend, your family might maybe come up with some way to like neutralize it or or at least help explain because if it's something that's out of your control then you can be unhappy but then things will not change mm -hmm. so obviously if the things is under your control then it's easy all you do is just change uh whatever it is under your mind or under your hand then then you can revert the situation um and then let's say if you cannot do it yourself and then your family cannot help then you can reach out to professional help you know hopefully you have insurance but even without insurance there might be some other help uh that uh like for example a church uh the priest might be a professional or maybe there's some other agencies or some other professional that may may offer free help or at least some kind of uh, free consultation, then you can decide whether it will help you or not. Absolutely. And like you mentioned with the, you know, talking to friends, sometimes just talking it out is a big, big help. You know, instead of bottling things up inside and keeping it to yourself, sometimes just reaching out and, you know, talking to a good friend can put things in perspective and, you know, help you work through something. And you're right. Uh, you know, if that those uh, do, don't work, there's always professional help. And you're right. You know, uh, you can always check with your county uh, or city where you live to look for free uh, mental health services. And then there are some other things that can be done. Uh, Mitchell, do you want to uh, uh, discuss those with us? Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, important um, to start off with is, is uh, engage in self-care. Um, this is like prioritizing your own mental health. Uh, this is about meditating, eating right, getting exercise. Um, and that way you can kind of set realistic goals um, and then work towards those goals. Um, but most importantly for me, especially, is uh, cultivating gratitude and having a positive outlook. Um, I, I personally think that's the beginning of all happiness is to practice gratitude, um, even if it's just for waking up for the day. Um, Absolutely. It, it gives you a start. And then, you know, the next step is to have a positive emotion and a positive thought. Um, and if you just follow that pattern, usually 
it'll trigger the brain and, and the body and everything else with the self-care um, and you'll start to feel uh, more happy. Yep. I mean, I have two friends, one um, uh, on Facebook, every single day she posts a positive affirmation every mm. single day on Facebook. And uh, they're always very uplifting and encouraging. And uh, even if you're experiencing a challenge, um, you know, a lot of them talk about how to overcome those. And then I have another friend who texts affirmations every single day to a bunch of people. Um, and so those, those are, you know, sweet. And even just if the affirmation itself doesn't, you know, ring true for you, the fact that she's taking the time to do it and sharing it with you can make you, you know, happy. So it is very important to cultivate gratitude and positivity. I mean, and as Mitchell said, we're just, we should all be grateful every day we wake up. So it's another day here on the planet. Yeah, because it's really hard to be unhappy and grateful at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, so the more gratitude you have, uh, the more happiness within your exist. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then uh, finally, uh, there are a couple other of th things, and that is, you know, developing healthy coping mechanisms, which can be difficult. You know, you have to figure out, you know, what's bothering you and how to cope with stress and negative emotions. And sometimes that can be really hard. I mean, um, stress management techniques, um, you know, are beneficial, but you have to figure out what works for you. Um, and seeking outlets. Uh, I think that for me, that is the way, um, be it, you know, I, I'm, I like to craft or I play pickleball, <laughs> you know, so those outlets are a great way to reduce stress. So anything that can promote, you know, relaxation or rejuvenation, those, that's a, those are great coping mechanisms. And then finding meaning, meaning and purpose, um, you know, just, identify things that make you happy. Like I just mentioned, crafting and pickleball, you know, so engaging and also, you know, things that give you fulfillment. You know, do you like to volunteer? Do you like to help? Helping others is a great way to feel, you know, happy. Um, you know, you, you helping others, like we said, gifting or, you know, uh, those are often give you more, more reward than the other person. So that's a great way to find meaning and purpose and overcome feeling down. And finally, just remember, it's a journey, not a destination. And, you know, you have to be patient with yourself um, and, you know, work through the process. And if you need professional help, there is not a thing wrong with it. I mean, and nowadays uh, I've seen commercials for therapy that you can enlist online. You know, you don't even have to, uh, you know, go to a doctor's office. So there are a lot of resources out there uh, if you do need uh, professional or want professional help. At least give it a try and see if it's if it's a, a help for you, you know, having a medical professional to talk to and work through your uh, unhappiness. And then there's depression. So as we mentioned, depression is is different. Uh, it's more serious than unhappiness. It's usually long term. And um, we, you know, uh, are not medical professionals, but we know that reaching a professional is probably the way to go. Getting a consultation with a professional like a psychologist or a therapist, you know, they can diagnose, uh, you know, and evaluate the severity of what's going on with you and recommend uh, treatment options. And then, you know, following the plan is really important. You know, if they tell you to take, you know, medication, you need to follow the guidelines they gave you and not experiment yourself or, um, you know, try taking more of something because you think it might be working or take less of stop taking it. So it's really important that if you do see a professional and they make a treatment plan to follow it. Um, I, I can't stress that enough only because I've been through <laughs> it with someone who did not follow the <laughs> recommended treatment plan. And then, you know, building a support network. It's all, like we mentioned, it's always great, you know, when you have people you can talk to and people you can lean on uh, for support. 
And there are also support communities. Um, you know, we have several churches in our area and every week they have different groups uh, that meet to whether it be grieving, uh, grief counseling, you know, loss of a child, um, divorce. I mean, they have all kinds of different uh, support groups that you can join. And nowadays you don't even have to go <laughs> out, outside your house. You can do it online. So we encourage people to take advantage of those if they are dealing with depression. And uh, here are some other issues, and we've kind of touched on these already um, throughout the presentation. Engaging in self-care, you know, eating good, sleeping, trying relaxation techniques. Um, if you can, you know, practice stress reduction with, you know, meditation or deep breathing. Um, and seeking the social connections that we mentioned. Um, social interaction is really, really important for everyone's happiness. And finally, uh, setting small goals and taking gradual steps. Uh, you know, sometimes we overwhelm ourselves. I mean, I know myself, I make lists of all the stuff I have to do, you know, and maybe break it down a little more. You know, you don't have to get everything done, <laughs> you know, by a certain date, you know, prioritized so you don't feel so overwhelmed and, you know, try not to isolate yourself. You know, um, you need to reach out for help, uh, especially if you're feeling any thoughts of self-harm or suicide, you know, please contact someone. Um, it, it may not seem like it, but there is um, a rainbow at the end. I mean, you really need to, you know, try to overcome those feelings in that moment that may not last forever. And if you call a hotline, call emergency services, you know, let people help. People care about you. Um, we care about each other as a society. So you need to not face these thoughts alone. And there are people who want to help. So it's crucial to remember that, you know, every person's experience with depression is different and working with a health professional uh, is the recommendation of this uh, podcast and uh, recovery can take time, but it's important to be help uh, a patient with yourself and be kind to yourself, um, not just to others, but to yourself. And here are some of the benefits of happiness and social connections, which we know is so important. Alan, can you uh, tell us about some of the the things that, you know, having social connections benefit? Yeah, basically uh, all animals, including us human, we uh, need some kind of social connection. So obviously start with family and then friends and then coworkers or the church. So the more social connection, the more we kind of, uh, help each other and that will in turn promote happiness mm -hmm. um, and then always have a sense of belonging because you belong for example to a group of people that um that like crafts or belong to somebody like sports so this way you can talk about things that everybody is engaging mm -hmm. and then the positive interaction is good so if you have couple of friends that are always negative, I would suggest that you maybe don't interact with them that much and then try to interact with people with like-minded and more positive. That is a good point. You know, I didn't even really think of it till you said it, but it's true. There are some people who are always kind of, you've heard the term Debbie Downer, <laughs> right? <laughs> and you're right. Uh, limiting your interaction with them uh, is probably, you know, better for your well-being you know you don't want people bringing you down i mean that's not the kind of uh positive attitude uh, you want to you know uh you want to have uh with somebody constantly trying to bring that down mitchell mm -hmm. how about you social connections are important to you i'm sure yeah i think what stands out here it you know it gives us a purpose in life um you know it, it is the meaning of life to some aspect we are we are social creatures um, as humans, so this is a big part of our earthly journey is to be around other humans um, and learn from. The emotional regulation is important. That is part of learning, part of mm -hmm. growing. 
Um, but if you're not around another person to grow with, then it, it's hard to regulate that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like I said, we're not we're not here to be alone. That's right. Back to being social creatures, we're just fulfilling our destiny as animals. Yep, I would agree. So get out there and have some fun <laughs> with your friends and family. <laughs> okay, so here are uh, traits of happy people. Uh, I would say all three of us are happy people. Uh, Alan, I would say for you, I would put you as the first bullet point. You are hopeful. You're a hopeful and um, positive person. You always look on the bright side. <laughs> well, basically, life is too short, so you just have to enjoy every moment. Mm-hmm. And Mitchell, which one of these speaks to you? Are you hopeful, grateful, or authentic? Yeah, you know, I think we talked earlier about practicing gratitude. I think that's something mm-hmm. I use on a regular basis. Um, but also engaging in the small acts of kindness on a regular basis, mm-hmm. um, acts of service, helping people. Um, I think that really stands out in a way, if you're looking to be proactive in your own happiness, that can make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think, you know, maintaining strong bonds and relationships is important, uh, for me. Um, yeah. And trying to live in the present, uh, is important also. And I'm trying to be more mindful so I can live in the moment. So these are all great traits and hopefully uh, our audience, you know, has, has most of them, if not all of them, you know, be hopeful, be grateful, be authentic and be happy. Okay. And so uh, we just wanted to mention that, you know, today with technology, everything is available online or in, there's an app for that, right? <laughs> there's an app for that. There's an app for happiness. So these uh, apps um, can just be helpful tools um, for personal growth and well-being. Um, you know, they're not a replacement for professional help, um, but they can help. So, uh, several of them do guided meditations and mindfulness. I myself, I have used Calm before. Uh, I like that it plays uh, calming music while I'm working. And it will actually <laughs> tell you to stop for a minute. <laughs> you know, sit back in your chair, close your eyes, and it will walk you through a very peaceful uh, guided meditation for like five minutes, but it's a nice break from plugging away at your computer or at your desk. So I have not tried any of the others, but um, you know, they, they all provide something. Some of them are a mood tracker. You know, you can say how you're feeling every day and what you did and didn't do um, to try to get a pattern and see what's going on with you. And some, you know, is actually does provide online therapy and emotional support from trained you know, listeners and therapists. So, you know, there's all a myriad, a plethora of apps that you can choose from. Um, so I'd encourage you to try them. I found, you know, I find Calm to be very calming. Um, but again, it is not a substitute for professional help. And so in conclusion, <clears throat> we just have um, some 12 actually, uh, just reminders of what you can do uh, to be happy. Um, Alan, I'm going to cough. So if you could just go over a couple of these, please. Yeah, I think the most important thing is um, understand um, it can be multiple things that can make you happier person every single day. Uh, for example, volunteering, random acts of kindness and forgive, you know, something happened it's not that you just forgive that person mm-hmm. or that situation. And then uh, the rest, you can just follow the slide uh, or you can write it down, maybe mm-hmm. keep it in your pocket. Then as long as you're doing one or two or three um, right. of the constantly, then you can increase your happiness dramatically. Absolutely. I mean, you hear all the stories sometimes of, you know, somebody's hectic running out for lunch on their lunch hour and they're in the drive through and they pull up to the window and they're like, that's okay. The guy in front of you just paid for your lunch. 
my goodness, your whole mood changes. And you're like, oh my gosh, that was so thoughtful. And then you buy the guy behind you. And I mean, you just created a whole little cycle of happiness from something so simple. So it doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be a simple thing. <coughs> but passing, paying it forward, passing it on, that's a great way to promote happiness. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. Okay, Mitchell, can you tell us our audience about our other podcasts, please? Sure. If you enjoy this podcast, um, this is one of a series of many others just like it um, called Help Yourself by Helping Others. Um, you can find us on Spotify and Google Podcasts and uh, YouTube and Dystopia. Right. Lots of topics. <coughs> right, Alan? Oh, yeah. Uh, our previous uh, podcasts, including like how to live longer, how to de deal with difficult situations and uh, biomass, uh, green energy. There, there's so many. So <laughs> it's best that you check out our website or maybe listen to one of these podcasts then it'll redirect you, direct you to all the existing uh, episodes that we have recorded and we will record uh, many more uh, in the days to come. There are many out of, I don't know, it's in the double digits somewhere, but there's quite a few. So it, on a variety of topics. So please check us out and we would love to hear your feedback. Okay, and then our next slide is about Pay It Forward and how you can learn more about us or support us. Mitchell, can you just go over these quickly, please? Sure. Um, if you like what we're doing, you know, we use this platform to educate people on various topics um, to kind of help them grow and help communities grow. You can support us on Patreon. Uh, if you want to learn more about Pay It Forward, you can visit our website, payitforwardonline.org. Um, or follow us on Facebook and join our community. Yes. Yeah, please join us. We would love, 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 love to hear from you. Okay. So that concludes today's podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We hope it made you happy. And uh, remember, it can be simple things that bring the most happiness. So uh, wishing everyone uh, the best and a happy life. And until next time, Keep paying it forward. Thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye.